Welcome to another episode of the Better People Podcast. I am Holly De Palma, and today my guest is Debbie Kemp, who is the Chief People Officer at Biz to Credit, um, an uh, investment uh, bank or credit loan bank in New York. Um, welcome. Thanks for joining us, Debbie. It is. It's great to be a part of this. And uh, and yes, Mr. Credit. Um, let just just briefly, um, we provide um, lending to small businesses. So we're really focused on small business lending. Got it. Got it. Um, and um, so tell me, you have a a long. I don't mean long as in like long, but you have a. Um, uh, career in uh, different, all different industries, sort of investment banking, mm-hmm. telecommunications. Um, looks like you're back in the in the financial services world. Um, tell me a little bit about that trajectory. Yep, um, that's true. I uh, I did. I started off um, early in my career at Goldman. I was there for um, for a bit, and I'd say that it gave me um, really great grounding in financial services, and I was able to have different roles um, throughout my my time there. I almost feel like, you know, kind of my career there, you know, 20 years is a bit. And um, and it gave me really good insight from a business perspective as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say, you know, what I found through the time there is there was life after Goldman. And so then I was able to pursue different, um, oh, I'd say gain um, additional specialty. So I um, have done a lot of um, M&A, so mergers and acquisitions. I'd say that's probably one of my superpowers is really ensuring that those are, there's a, there's ensuring the people aspect of those um, transactions are solid and people stay and, and are retained. And there's, you know, there's a return on investment in those um, and those uh, those deals. And then I think the other part of my career that I think I've really um, kind of uh, gravitated towards are growth companies. So companies that have, you know, they may, you know, be kind of beyond that startup phase and they need to take it to that next level. And so going into those organizations and looking at a lot of the people piece of it, but I'd say almost all the operations side of that as well, um, because sometimes, you know, when we're startup mode, we're just trying to do everything. And so some of those processes are probably not as tight or buttoned up as they need to be. And so going in and looking at that. So I'd say kind of the back half of my career has been working on those t- with those type of organizations. Yeah, interesting. When I was, you know, sort of looking at your your background, I mean, Goldman is a huge organization with a just um, a plethora of resources and lots of, you know, just organizational structure built in, right? Yeah. Like there's a, <laughs> there's yeah. a path for everything. And, um, you know, the organization you're at now was 50 people before COVID started. Yep. That's um, exactly true. Yeah. yeah. Tell me, and it's, it is not an easy thing for, um, people to adapt to those different kinds of environments because the resources available and the what the role and responsibilities are so different. So um, talk to me a little bit about that, about that tra- tra- transition. Yeah, no, it's true. And, and, and I'll tell you, we're still in it. You know, it's still, um, it is culturally 
very different, right? <laughs> so, you know, 50 people, and again, those 50 were, were in the US. And so now we're 150 in the US and we've got about, you know, four to 500 in India. And our, our tech, that's mostly our, our developers, our engineers mm-hmm. that we do have um, on our biz to credit, because we also have a platform um, that's called, that's our biz to X platform. So I think of it as, you know, kind of a sister company, but it's our, you know, it's in our portfolio. Anyway, um, the change is, is, you know, from that 50 is very different. So you don't really, again, from a leadership perspective may know everyone like you knew in the beginning, and you're not involved in much of the, in all of the hiring. There's still some, you know, level of, you know, um, of, of that, but you also need different processes and kind of different structure around that. So, um, popping in at HRIS, which again, it doesn't need to be a scary thing, but it was still something different, right? How do I, you know, and, and for the, for the people, for the employees. And then the other thing that we, that, that came along with kind of growing from 50 to, to 150 here in the States is a leadership team, right? So it's not, it, it's, you still have your, founders or co-founders um, and they're very involved, but it's, you know, that next kind of their leadership or our, you know, I feel like my peers, right. You know, the chief legal and chief financial and chief product and, and a chief risk officer and, and capital markets. And so when you add that in, then, you know, then you start to get a little bit of a, uh, of an organizational <laughs> structure to it too. Right. And those are all, you know, again, scary a bit for people who haven't had that. And and even from a founder perspective, if they haven't had that before, you know, it, it's it's a uh, um, it is it, it is a bit of a challenge to um, let go of it. Right. I mean, it's when you've been responsible for everything and yes, you've been there and done it. It's, you know, you kind of need to hold a people, you know, your talent accountable, your managers accountable for some of that work. So, yeah. So tell me about putting a leadership team in place. Um, you know, h- how was that? Did you promote from within? You know, tell me how how you went about that. Yeah, I I would say um, some of it was done, you know, uh, a little a little bit was done before I before I joined. So our CFO and chief legal have been really part of the company from the get go. Um, and um, putting in a chief product and the chief risk um, cap, I'd say that it's just it's. I've done this type of recruiting, you know, throughout my my career. I really um, love meeting people, and so it's nice to be able to um, understand the organization and the leaders, you know, our founders, and what what may work with them and what may not work with them. And so mm-hmm. that is finding those profiles and making a few introductions to just get um, an idea fit. And again, skills, you know, skills are critical, but um, we're looking for, and I think what we've, we've been able to hire are individuals who have, are kind of the, the great at what they do. You know, I'd say the best at product. Um, and that has brought so much growth alone in that area for our, you know, for, for both our biz to X platform and then um, our, you know, are just really our core business. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's finding that fit, but we've also brought in outs, you know, that outside talent, um, didn't grow up in this space. You know, they may, 
like me, grew up at, you know, in investment banking. So they have that outside um, experience and they know, again, organizationally, uh, you know, and again, structurally, um, um, operationally, how things should work. Talk to me about fit. So tell me um, what fit means to you and your organization. Yeah, that's a really good. That's that's really good because I still, when I when I meet people, I I really do think fit matters. And so fit to me is um, how we work. Um, how, you know, there's a there's a pace to our environment. There's a camaraderie to, in our environment. Um, I you know I would say. Our co-founders um, have expectations of um, how they want um, the team to work or their their leaders to work, and that is um, just go. I mean, I'll say it's almost like go do and 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 maybe ask for forgiveness later. Um, in that way, that you know don't you know don't check in along well like all the time along the way, right? Through every step. Um, but if you've got a question or you've got, you know, something you wanted, you know, a thought about or an opinion about, absolutely engage them, right? They're, that's, you know, that's, I'd say, and and finding that, I mean, to me, it is that fit um, for individuals that have been um, at another investment, you know, again, at an investment bank, whether it's Goldman or JP Morgan or what have you, you know, we've all, <laughs> we've all grown up in a certain environment and are culturally, you know, um, a bit emboldened to that, right? And so you need individuals who are very confident in their skill, um, but can also, you know, bring people along with them. So, um, you know, talk to me about development of talent. Mm -hmm. um, and you grew very rapidly. Um, and I would assume that that put some stress on some uh, of your sort of, uh, you know, everything you do when you grow that quickly. Yeah, it, it, it does, but it's, it's fun. I, it really is fun. Um, and I think what it enables us to do in a lot of, it, it's, it's, it's fairly, I mean, it's fairly fluid, you know, in that way and, and developing our employees, we, we have been, and, you know, again, from, um, from, you know, I'd say in the last few years, so kind of as as we started to grow, um, we bought into LinkedIn Learning and, you know, there's different tools that we have um, utilized to um, really become more of a learning um, environment or, or culture. We're still, I mean, again, that's more aspirational than I, you know, I want want people to believe because I, I think we have to be very intentional and our employees have to feel it's great, you know, like it's good to learn. And that that's also kind of what, by the way, we're looking for now when we're out in market, looking for a new underwriter, new sales. It's like, are they, you know, are they, are they interested in learning? Right. Right. Because part of, you know, working here is we do have some processes and we do, you know, on the underwriting side, we do a little bit of everything. And so um, from a role perspective, and so that's not what we find in the market and the talent. So we want to make sure that they're getting developed. So we also have these micro learning sessions. We're actually going out with a um, kind of a training right now for our sales, anyone who's touching a customer, touching a customer. So a few different roles, and it's really focused on customer experience. So we're linking that with 
um, LinkedIn learning, some micro learning, like through, you know, Teams or uh, WhatsApp. So there are little micro sessions and then also some coaching sessions on calls because we record calls. And so we have the opportunity to, you know, get a sense of um, how our, um, our you know, how some of our employees are doing on those calls. And then we're going to do some coaching sessions. So again, we're very interested in, 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 in you know, I feel like evolving that um, experience with our customer. And one way to do that is to, through this, you know, development piece. Um, the other one thing that, you know, that we're doing is um, we haven't really done a lot of career pathing or kind of, you know, how do I get to that next level? Because we're not, again, um, so big <laughs> that we have a lot of levels. Um, and um, so I've had the team um, that works with me because um, we're kind of small but mighty create what they, you know, they envision um, as a career path for just our, like our decision science team. Um, and they're fairly young and there's a few different levels in there. So you know, again, thinking, uh, you know, how, how, what would work for them? Um, and then we'll take those learnings and look at that for, you know, some of our other like product, a couple of our other areas. Yeah, we, um, you know, uh, often the discussion with, you know, uh, particularly Gen Z and the millennials is that they need to constantly be what's next, what's next, what's yep. next. Yep. Um, and that does, that can be challenging for smaller organizations when there isn't always a clear what's next. So, um, you know, having having their input on how you get there to the what's next is must be a really positive experience for people. It is. And we, you know, again, just speaking with, you know, about, I'll use the decision science data science group. Um, they are very interested in that what's next. And it isn't just about funny enough. It's not just about a title and it's not just about salary. It really is about the opportunity and what else can they learn. Um, and of all of our, you know, I'd say, you know, you know, as a group, um, or, you know, a function, they're very interested in learning. Yeah. And, I, and I having that you... mentorship or someone like we'd lost, a, we lost their um, leader um, and actually kind of two, two um, leaders in that group around, you know, the same 60 day period and all good because they'd been with us forever. But I think um, uh it gave me an opportunity to really spend time with them and understand what was important and what were they getting from their, you know, direct manager um, that was important for me to know as we, as I went out and started looking for somebody new and even in the interim um, had them, you know, work with a different leader, you know, and, and in this situation, I actually had them reporting into product to understand how, you know, again, what was important for them. And, um, and they were part of the, I mean, they are still, they're still very actively involved in, um, in their, their development, right. Mm -hmm. And, and who they want to work with and where they want to grow and not in the demanding way, but more about, you know, here's what I've been thinking, or, hey, can I have, a, you know, can we have a conversation about, and it's, I have to tell you, it is so refreshing, because it's not this nudgy piece, right? It's more the, hey, I really, you know, I was thinking about, and, and they're so, I just, wicked smart, because they're really, 
you know, thinking about the business and, and the reporting that they're doing and the modeling that they're doing. And it's impactful for us that it, you know, it is, it's nice to have an engaged, you know, group and conversations. It's like, sure, I don't have to go out and have a focus group. <laughs> they just come in, you know. What do you do? Um, so ha- have you done any engagement surveys or any kind of work to keep that pulse or yeah, is it we, mostly we, organic? Yeah, well, it's a mix, right? I mean, I, you know, I, I you know, before I joined, they did a couple of engagement surveys, fine. But what I found is once we implemented um, uh, an HRIS that had this community component to it and we do a bit more um, communications, we have this really great um, uh, communication platform that we've engaged change engine so we're doing a lot more communication not in a like not just uh, from the people team right but you know celebrating holidays and so and and really getting the pulse of the organization we did a like benefit survey you know a couple weeks ago we'll do a survey on kind of other other pieces and get a sense um and we kind of we have an ongoing net promoter score as part of our um, a part of that community. So we're getting pretty good input. Um, and I think, you know, again, it's enabled us to tweak what we do or how involved our employees in on our, you know, in kind of our, our activities, you know, and, and, and building that culture that they want to be a part of. So what is your business's largest challenge and how do you, you know, support that? Oh man. Um I I think I think the economy, I mean, I really do think the biggest challenge right now for us as a small business lender is um, you know, has been a lot of what's going on with the banks and the commercial banks and the regional banks. And um, in some ways that's been um good for us from a business perspective. Um, but I think that um the the greatest challenge is that um a lot of our processes and and our CRM that we use as, as homegrown is um, really um, automating more of that. So it's this digital transformation that needs to take place or is taking place. And so we're unlocking. We use the word unlocking our growth potential by you know doing some things, doing having our customer experiencing in a bit more audit our customers experience in a bit more automated way. But that also then is changing how our underwriters and our case managers work. And so that challenge is great because um, they may know pieces of what's going on. And I find myself going, okay, I was just right prior to this call focused on, okay, what's the communication for this test group for this next initiative? And how do we communicate out to everybody? So I'd say communication is a huge, right. huge challenge so that they also know what we're doing, not just the test group, right? And so that's a large challenge outside of everything else that's going in the economy is just communicating in a way that our employees feel a part mm. of what we're doing, right? And not being spoken to, but actually understand where we are. So things we weren't doing, I'll just tell you, we weren't doing town halls. We weren't doing, there's a lot we weren't doing. And our email blasts were a little bit wonky. That's why we're engaging like change in. We just really automated a lot more of this. So if somebody's an anniversary is coming up, I get notified as their manager. We do some, you know, fun post and, and really recognize our employees in ways that they 
I mean, I don't wasn't really happening before, but now they feel, you know, they're more in it and a part of it. Yeah, I'm looking at the wall behind you oh. because I <laughs> yeah. see we give our people credit. I see innovation. I think disruption yep. and trust. Yep. And then a cup on the other side. So the CRE part of it is collaboration, responsibility, and um, empowerment. Oh, I get it. We get we give our people credit. credit. Get our employees credit. Funny, huh? <laughs> how did you how did you create your values? I oh, so I wasn't a part of that creation. Um, I I inherited uh, the values, but I'd say that you know we again something that we've done um, is to really bring those more to life. Mm. And I think that's something that is important in any organization, you know, that I've been a part of, um, you know, Mediacom, we have these, you know, four, you know, great one word values, but what did that mean? Right. Mm. So how do you really bring those to life? And I think that's something that again, um, is fun, you know, as part of the, you know, the people team and also then getting our employees involved in that as well. So doing, I mean, you know, little vignettes or videos or whatever and get them you know kind of a part of you know what are we going to focus on this month oh so do you take a value each month and focus or we have been doing like one every two months but yes <laughs> yeah, yeah got it got it um so this has been a particularly challenging couple of years for folks in the hr profession and um and most people sort of talk about all they've done that they didn't think they were ever going to have to do, um, including being a safety officer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what are some of the things um, that that you see that are the most different or that you have um, experienced in the last few years? I, I, I think um, I've had to, you know, I think one of the things that are different is just a lot more listening. So I'll just say I spend a lot more time actively listening, just being that ear. Um, I think the challenge is um, not always having to solution everything that I've heard, right? I think um, oftentimes, and I know my personality is, and I think it's probably similar to some of my peers and you know friends in my network, um, we just feel like as a chief people officer, you, you've got to solve it. You know, like it's yours to kind of put the pieces together, or whether it's a puzzle or, or connecting the dots. And I think one of the things that I've learned and, and part of it is about myself is that I actually, I don't necessarily have to have to fix everything. Um, and that I do need to understand. I mean, if I'm listening to it, I do, will, I will process it and understand it and often ask if there's something that um, this person needs from me um, to help them with, right? Or, you know, just, it, it's kind of like kind of working, you know, what do you want me to do? Just hang and be empathetic, right? Or is this something that's really going to impact the organization or your team or, you know, whatever the situation is? Um, so that pay, that's, it, it's also taken um, a lot of patience on my part. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that my career and I'm, you know, I'm pretty, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm a driver just as, you know, um, personality type. 
And um, I think, you know, one of the skills early I learned at Goldman was being empathetic and empathy was important. Um, and so I think that's been really put to the test because now I don't know, I, you know, like, is this really happening? You know, did someone really go through this? Um, and, and I think that, I mean, I also think that there's been a lot of more some bad behavior that we've seen over since since the pandemic, just because people weren't working in the same way. And what so, what do you mean by that? I just I think that um, I, I think some of the things I've seen, and not just necessarily here, is people they they're not listening, so they're talking over. Mm. And I just it's like. Mm. You know, how do I get underneath that as a, as a situation? Because if we're in this Zoom in world, um, I don't know. Sometimes you're multitasking, so you're not even paying attention, right? Um, and now that we're in per, in person, I think it's because we're hybrid, um, but mostly. I mean, I'll say I'm pretty much here every day just because I like being around our team um, and working with everyone. But I think the part is is just you know helping everyone just you know, kind of listen. Um, so what is your, what is your hybrid or work policy or how do you? Yeah. So we, we call it, uh, no, I think we call it hybrid. Um, I'd say it's, you know, it's, it's like three days a week. Um, we kind of started it as being, it was much less than that. And I think when we went to kind of 50% and I'd say most everybody again, um, is here three days a week. And it just, we do have like seamless Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but that doesn't necessarily mean that nobody's here on Tuesday and Thursday. I mean, they really, the teams, um, like the product team actually put a calendar together for themselves so they could figure out, you know, who was going to be in um, and um, just so that they knew they had a presence in the office as well to just work with, you know, a different team or, or whatever's going on there. So um, that's, that's what it's been, you know, I'm hoping it, you know, <laughs> it stays that way because it just gives that flexibility. Right. Right. And certainly, um, it, it is also, uh, and I believe it's one of your values. It's empowering to say, we're going to figure this out on our own on how we do yep. this and meet the business needs. Right. Yeah. And I think that's something that I've tried to, again, work with our founders on is you really need to enable um, our our leaders or our you know managers to really work with their teams and come up with their own schedule. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I'm just not I'm just not a good hall monitor. I don't think I've ever been. Um, and I feel like that's a role that um, for um, leaders that you know believe employees should be in the office. You know, I, that's a mentality, and I can again I I can appreciate it, but mine is more I want to be focused on the outcomes. Mm -hmm. So. Are they meeting their deadlines? Are they getting the work done? Um, and if so, then we need to give them the opportunity to work that between their teams, right? They just, you know, if they're if something's amiss, then that's a, you know, we'll figure it out, right? Have um, you had any challenges where something wasn't getting done and, you know, there was an unwillingness to sort of admit that? Have there been any challenges to your... Well, they're, yeah, they're always... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there definitely are. And again, the conversations that I have um, is really focused on, okay, what's going on, right? It's more just, I just need to hear the situation and the problem and kind of what led, like there's, what was the root cause? Like kind of what happened and then let's get underneath it and let's figure out how we solve for it. Right. And, and really oh, we can solve for it, you know, between 
you know, the manager and myself, but sometimes something will come over from, you know, one of our founders and I'm like, okay, and I'll just go meet with a manager and go, okay, let's work through this. Tell me what's really going right. And then we just, again, it all, it all gets addressed and solved for, you know, sales, I think was a bit wonky during the summer, um, wonky in the sense that, um, uh, you know, maybe taking, I mean, it was taking Fridays off. So the floor was pretty quiet on a Friday. I'm like, oh, you know, and, and it's this view again, it's a view. Are you, are you just taking half the day off? Right. I mean, it's just, you know, perceptions, you know, becomes reality for some people and um, worked with the sales team and said, okay, how do we address this? Should we look at, you know, your, um, from a production, your quota, you know, and again, it's a monthly quota. So it's not like I'm like, we're managing it day to day in that way. And so I said, let's do this, you know, quotas, you know, if you've met your quota, then let's just make sure you're Monday. Let's just make sure first you're here Monday, Wednesday. Those are two days you're in for sure in the office. And then during the middle of the week, if you've got your quota, work, you know, one or two of those days from home. So far, so good. Again, yeah, it's about a month. But, you know, it was a way of, um, again, working with them, putting a bit of a parameter in there, you know, just to, just again, from an outcome perspective, um, that they know then where they are. I don't need to, like, then I don't feel like I have to manage it. Right. By the way, I feel like I manage sales anyway. So. <laughs> um, and what percent of your organization is sales? Oh, it's actually, yeah, it's a small percent. Yeah. 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 10% yeah. small. Are you mostly, would it mostly be customer service and product? You know, I'd say um, the largest is actually our underwriter team. Underwriting mm -hmm. team here in the states is um, is the largest, and then we've got um, and then product marketing. Yeah. Um. So our uh, our listeners are mostly um, HR folks and developing in their career. What do you think is uh, the most important? Um, attribute uh, for an HR person to have in today's world and today's um, economy and, and how do you develop that? Yeah, that I, you know, I think, I think it's really important because I end up mentoring many, um, many individuals or, you know, that either, either worked with me in the past or come across me in a network. And I'd say, what I tell them, and, and, and I just, maybe because I follow this in my own career, is I think the more you understand the business that you're in, mm -hmm. you know, you you really do take to heart um, the interconnectivity of what, how you make money. How do you, how do you drive revenue? You know, how does your business make money? And um, I have focused primarily on, I mean, we can say professional services. I haven't worked in manufacturing, so I don't know, you know, that piece of the world um, at all, but I'd say it's focused then on your people to enable or unlock that that growth and that revenue growth. And so I don't get hung up on that. You know, there's there are, I definitely am extremely compliant from that perspective, but otherwise I feel like there's bookends on how you work, how our people work, how, you know, we you know, your performance management process, you know, many of mine initially in organizations have been like a Word document, you know, or a Google sheet when that came along versus real, you know, tools 
because the organizations really weren't ready for that. Mm. And so, you know, I think the other, you know, recommendation is really understand where your organization is and don't force your experience on that organization. You really have to meet them. It's just like learning, right? You have to meet your learners where they are. So you have to meet the leadership and you have to meet that organization where they are. And then, you know, it's a, it's a marathon. It's kind of like, you know, day by day, you can introduce something new or a different quarter. You know, um, I think that's very important um, to really, really spend the time working with them. And it doesn't mean that you're slow. It just means, you know, the organization is not going to, you know, there's not going to be an organ reject, right? It's going to be, you're really going to be able to move that needle for them and provide you know, um, better, right, experiences for people and engaged employees, um, and they'll find value. They won't be saying, what is going on, right, in HR? (laughs) Right, absolutely. Um, I mean, HR has certainly come a long way in in the past, you know, in our experiences working in organizations where you were sort of just there to make sure problems didn't happen and Make right. sure people got paid and you didn't get sued. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. No, and to me, those are the, ta- I, you know, it's kind of like that's the table stakes. You know, if you set the table, all of that has to get done, right? Yep. If anything goes out of whack and and things happen, you know, I mean, and you just kind of keep, you know, keep that still in check. It's really then where are you, how are you adding value? Right. Right. And how do you, you know, what's that, you know, um, what's that impression you're leaving with that employee? And it really, I, you know, I mean, it's funny this week, I've had two different employees reach out that I worked with over 10 years ago, different companies, because they were going through something in their career and just wanted, you know, wanted to talk through it. And it was so interesting, because I'm like, like, how did they remember me? Right? What was it? And I don't ask this question. But the fact is, you know, that it does give me, it, it makes me feel good about whatever impact I had in that organization, somebody there felt good enough or, you know, safe enough to like come for, you know, kind of call me years later and say, Hey, do you have, you know, you have a few minutes to talk to me. Um, And so to me that there's nothing more, more important than that. I mean, I always think it's, I always represent the company, right? There's always this outlook again um, with employees, but I think true to heart is if you really want the culture that you want to, that you're building, to be that culture, you have to really invest in the in your talent and your people. Absolutely, absolutely. Any last thoughts um, that you want to share, or um, sort of send people away with thinking about, you know, um, the space of talent? Yeah, I, I mean, the one thing I'd say is don't get stuck in your swim lane. Mm. You know, don't just look at it as you know I've got, um, you know, I, I'm a doctor and this is kind of this is my lane. I think that as a as a true people leader, human capital leader, you have the opportunity to really, again, learn the business and work with your um, broader leadership team to solve for and and kind of unlock that, you know, the opportunities that um, and those challenges. Because they're, again, your peers want to work with you. It's just, you know, you have to, you know, open up that and, and be really willing to, 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 some of that is, I schedule some meetings. 
you know, for our, you know, not just our leadership team, but on a particular product thing, because I am passionate about it. And I actually then I'll know what's going on. I also will know more right. so that I'll be learning so that I can, I can work with our employees who are impacted, you know, or going to have something to do something in their job. Absolutely. So I think that piece of it is really, for me, what has enabled me to continue to love and do what I do. Um, is because I haven't just restricted myself to a, a particular confined Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Debbie, I appreciate your insights and your passion comes clear through on uh, the Zoom meeting. And thank you so much for your time and sharing with us, uh, you know, the journey of your organization through some pretty rapid growth and your role in that. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for listening. We hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. Before we go, we want to thank the sponsor of our show, the Mid-Atlantic Employers Association, more commonly referred to as MEA. MEA provides human resources services to hundreds of businesses across numerous industries every day, bridging gaps that restrain innovation and growth. If you need support around people issues, reach out to meainfo.org. Better people, better outcomes.